स्पाइस रेडियो और रेडियो रूम सुन रहे हैं आपका का प्रोग्राम है हमारी घड़ी में बाद दोपहर के दो बजकर ओ माई गॉड आठ मिनट हो चुके हैं अब से लेके तीन बजे तक आपका और हमारा साथ रहेगा हमारे आज के इस कार्यक्रम में जिसका नाम बड़े प्यार से हमने गप रखा है क्योंकि इसमें वो सभी बातें जो आज आपकी नजरों में अटकेंगी खटकेंगी और दिल में समाएंगी उन सबको लेकर हम हाजिर है ये बताते हुए की बाहर का मौसम खुशनुमा है बदली छाई हुई है बाईस डिग्री टेम्परेचर है पर इट्सली डे कल भी कुछ इसी तरह का मौसम रहेगा एंड देन सैटरडे संडे इट्स गोन बी वेरी हॉट आई अंडरस्टैंड राइट सो यूर लुकिंग फॉर द हीट आई एम लुकिंग फॉर द हीट माई मासी हैजिन गर्ल्स थ्री ईयर्स ओल्ड आई वॉन्ट टेक दम टू द वाटर पार्क सो आई एम होपिंग इट्स अ हॉट डे आई गॉट दम लिटल बेदिंग सूट्स टू सो आई एम एक्साइटेड बी वेरी नाइस डू टेक सम पिक्चर्स एंड देन पोस्ट दम अप राइट डेफिनेटली सो लॉट ऑफ थिंग्स हैपनिंग एंड यू बिन वर्किंग ऑन अ वेरी स्पेशल प्रोजेक्ट वट इज इट Yeah, so I've been doing a lot of research into where our donated clothes go. Mm. Because every time I donate my um lightly used clothes, I feel like they're going towards our large houseless community in, you know, downtown East Side or even mm. in Surrey, the Wally area. We do have a lot of people who who need help, right? Mm. So I always thought that when I donated clothes, whether it was in um clothing donation bins that it was going towards those people. Mm. When I I've learned that um the clothes from the donation bins are being sold by the pound to value village or to second hand stores which is really good. yeah but that's okay i feel like it's even then it's still good but that's not where i want my clothes to go right right value so, village owner is a multi billionaire mm, do you know that i did not know that yes. no so cbc actually reported that donated clothes are being sold by the pound there and only 25% get sold to um those stores the rest mm. 75% will get recycled into rags or get exported into other countries mm. yeah so when i heard that information i wanted my clothes to go somewhere where i felt they deserve to go right and that's why i decided to d- collect a bunch of people's clothes mm. and find uh, uh free stores or find community centers that are giving clothes away for free to the communities themselves so are you succeeding in finding that i have gotten a lot of clothes and the thing is i i i don't know about textures i have a really hard time touching clothes um and i've been wearing gloves because you know velvet yeah. is something i cannot touch it's oh, a, I see. it's a sensory thing i get i get overwhelmed um <laughs> but you know i didn't know that would be hard for me but i have sorted through hundreds of clothes men's women's children's and you, how are you collecting these clothes are you going to people's houses and collecting them so i actually posted on my instagram and i you know a lot of people whether they followed me or didn't follow me or they found me through this post they have contacted me and i gave them uh, three drop off sites mm. which was my nanny's house my daddy's house and my house <laughs> and i was so overwhelmed with so many clothes and i'm so grateful for everyone that had donated so the purpose of this is because i want to help the people in our community right, right. i want to give them these uh, lightly used clothes and i want to give it directly to them so that's what i was doing you know i feel like we need more free stores and i feel like everyone needs to know where our donated clothes are really going mm. and where they want to donate their clothes to mm. so once you've got all these clothes then are you going to go to maybe sari um shelters or richmond shelters and give it to them would they accept them yeah so i've actually talked to a women's shelter i've talked to a community center in the downtown east side and they both do actually give clothes away for free on certain days of the week and i will be giving my clothes there and i will be volunteering and helping them out as well so i'll do a little bit more research more people in maybe other cities as well and i'll work with them but that's my plan i want to be able to give these clothes that i've collected straight to people who need them rather than nice. being exported into rags into other countries so we didn't know you had that nice side to you as well 
<laughs> yeah. Okay, and as far as news is concerned, what is making news today? So I feel like there are a lot of things that are making the news, and like I said yesterday, there are um, the, the the truckers union as yes. well who who are um, they're actually oh my gosh, what's the word? I forgot the word. Yes. Ah, uh, the truckers union are are, are they uh, planning another? Strike. Uh, yeah. No, so it's not the same one as before with the convoy, right? right? So instead, these people are actually striking because they feel like they're not making enough money and they're mm. not, it's not enough to be able to live, right? And I feel like that goes for a lot of different industries now, right? Like there are a lot, there's lack of employees in a lot of different industries, same thing as for the BC ferries, mm-hmm. who are actually having discounts this summer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe look at that, especially on their website if you are looking to travel along the BC coastline. Um, but yeah, I mean, Regardless, I feel like there are a lot of people who are who need who need employees at their at their businesses, mm-hmm. and because they don't have enough employees, and because people don't want to go there because they can't make enough money there. There's just so many issues right now, especially the, in businesses. The health industry is also going through the same sort of an issue, uh, and uh, uh, doctors are being offered twenty five thousand dollars bonuses to come in to work as general practitioners. Yeah, so I also re- uh, read that as well. But you know what? Another thing, too, is I used to work at a restaurant, and there there was a woman who was a nurse in the Philippines. And now she's um, now she's a line cook at the back of the restaurant making oh minimum God. wage and tips. So it's really hard to see that someone who was educated in another country yeah. ha- find, found, found it really difficult to come here and use that education here as well. That's true. But the government was giving grants out to help them educate themselves. And So, so I hope she's going to take that and maybe Yeah, I'm, ho- I'm hoping so. I sent it to her, so let's see what happens after that. Um, and another news, uh, which is quite interesting, after our Premier John Horgan decided that he doesn't want to uh, continue as a Premier, um, Ravi Kano today uh, put his 100% support behind David Eby, who hasn't even announced that he's going to run for the leadership race. Hmm. So what do you think of David Eby? So do, is, he even going, is that person even going to go and yes, run? Like, so I think he will be our next Premier. Okay, so it's not just a rumor. No, it's not a rumor. Mm, okay. <laughs> I think he will have a lot of people within the party going with him. I don't think anybody will stand in his opposition. I doubt very much. Mm. He's quite a smart guy. Uh, quite a smart guy. I didn't say very smart. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Maya. We have two very interesting women in the studio today, and um, we're going to be talking to them. Uh, Nita Cabra and Manjeet Lali. We will take short commercial break, and we'll be right back. If you guys have any questions about buying houses, about mortgages, monies, how to spend your money, how to accumulate money, these two women will be able to help you out. Uh, let's take a short break, and we'll be right back. Spice Radio Radio Ramjim sun rahe hain gap shap ka program hai vaade ke mutabik hamare sath Neeta Kabra aur Manjeet Lali hain both of you welcome in our program how are you guys doing very good shmaji thank you for having us today so uh, manjeet you said uh, hello and thank you um, so tell us a little bit about yourself manjeet before we get into our topic of mortgage and money and everything Sounds good. So I've lived in the Lower Mainland. Um, been in Canada now for um, over 22 years. Wow. Born, born in England. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I, why the accent. Yes, mm-hmm. that's excuse the accent. Uh, <laughs> either you'll understand me or you won't. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because you were born there, you've acquired this accent. We've lived there for a good seven years and never got that accent. 
I have a little bit of mixture of Indian yes. and a Kenyan and a Canadian accent. Yeah. But not British. Yeah. Mine's changed though too over the years. Some people think it's South African or Australian, <laughs> so I get all sorts. All right. Yeah. So yeah, originally from England, came to Canada, uh, uh, raised a family here. So I have two wonderful children, uh, son and daughter. My husband uh, lives and works here as well in Surrey, actually, Lower Mainland. So really, really um, great part of the country. So happy lovely, lovely. So Nita, you and I talked a couple of weeks ago or last week, was it? Uh, yeah, two weeks yeah, ago. Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself as well. Yeah, so similar, um, but I was actually born and raised in Canada, in yes. BC. I was actually born in Hadamah House, very, very small, small town up Cute north. Place. Yeah, so then uh, my parents had moved to Williams Lake, so I spent 18, for my first 18 years of my life in Williams Lake. Um, and then, obviously, in Williams Lake, there weren't any colleges, universities, so I made my way to the Lower Mainland. Uh, I also have been married 22 years this year, have wow. two children as well, boy and a girl, very similar to Manjeet, <laughs> um, have been living in the Fleetwood area, now of Surrey for 22 years now so love the area my kids love the schools there um just yeah very very happy with where I'm where I'm living right now and settling in so yeah so both of you um Punjabi kid Nita is good but not perfect we will have to uh, speak in English and Hindi and Punjabi together. Mm-hmm. So I find it very easy to easily move into English or into Punjabi or into Hindi, right? Do you feel that as well? Yes, I can speak to that a little bit. Both of us have um, worked in um, Surrey, Langley, Delta. Okay. Um, so, communities we've got lots of Punjabi right. um, clients, and so lots of experience in, mm-hmm. in speaking Punjabi. And, and both of yeah. you, Unita and you, Manjit, have worked with other uh, um, financial institutions. I knew both of you from Envision mm-hmm. Financial. Yes. We interviewed you for your work there. Mm-hmm. So, being in in a corporation and uh, a, a company that deals with money and mortgages and and everything you've taken that part but you've left them mm-hmm. uh, Nita why why did you want to do that yeah so I mean uh, Manjeet and I both worked at Envision for 20 years uh, prior to that I was with CIBC for five years so been in the banking industry for you know 25 years so mm. very very long time half my life really grew up in the banking and the credit union world um, but my passion was lending and my passion was really helping people and and dealing with a client in front of me so becoming a branch manager I you know I managed the branch and I managed the people that worked there but I lost that face-to-face connection a lot with the members mm. that used to come in and do their day-to-day banking so I used to love hearing their stories and and seeing you know I mean I remember you know working in the North Delta as a senior financial advisor I would have members you know my last name my maiden name was Seko and then they would say oh tu the sadi kuriya and they would <laughs> hug me and you know like you became a part of their family and so um yeah I just it was 
a time in my life where my kids were at an age where I wanted to kind of have a little bit more flexibility, be with them more, pick them up from school, be more involved in field trips and things like that. So kind of just explored my options and thought I still like lending, still like the mortgage world, still like meeting with clients. Where do I fit? And so explored some options and then, yeah, decided to kind of venture out and become a mortgage broker now after 25 years in the banking world. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. That story sort of is synonymous with you too? Absolutely. And I think just speaking to what Nita just said, um, the biggest thing I would say is that our passion for lending Uh has always been there. So, um, you know, we've groomed other staff, we've helped other, um, you know, um, um, teams to do the same thing. And and, but the biggest thing I would say is just really being able to help our own community right. understand how to, what home ownership entails right. and the advice and, and understanding where they're coming from. We understand the culture. Yes. So we know like what's, on, like what's on paper isn't always the full story. Right. So knowing how to help them and guide them is really ah. important to us. Mm-hmm. And that's I'm what so we love doing. you talked about that because um, South Asian families, the first thing they do is buy a house. And... Right? But they need to understand in the West, it's a little bit different, right? Mm-hmm. I remember when we, I think I, you and I talked about it, when we yeah. landed in England, mm-hmm. the first thing my father did, within a week we bought a house. Mm-hmm. You know, that was it. We had to buy a house. Yeah. So for our community, owning real estate is important. That's why people don't understand that South Asian community comes here, works really hard, the whole family gets together and they work hard and then within a short period of time are able to put down money and purchase property, Mm -hmm. right? So now with that sort of very keen knowledge, it must be your job must be a little easier to convince them to accumulate more um, properties, Mm -hmm. would it be? Yeah, I think, you know, you're right, because a lot of, I mean, even my parents, you know, included when they came to Canada, the first thing when they wanted to do was buy a home. They didn't Mm -hmm. want to rent. They wanted to own something of their own. And then they work hard and they save, save, save and buy a home. So, you know, for us coming from the bank, from the credit union, we can we can sit down with them and, and not only just talk about getting a home, but all the other stuff that comes along with it. So mm-hmm. what about saving? What about, um, you know, lawyer's fees? What about property purchase tax? What about RRSPs if they're a first-time home buyer? What does that look like? Tax-free savings, cash flow planning. So it's not just oh, we need to buy you a home. Okay, you've saved up this much money. Let's use this money. Okay, how much do they need to put down? What does that look like? How much leftover money do they need for their groceries, for their hydro, for their gas, for, you know, property taxes, all these expenses people don't think about their mm. month to month because they just want to slap down as much money as they can on their home. Well, there's a lot of other factors that come into play that Manjeet and I can sit down and work with them on. That's beautiful. I think that's a very interesting way of looking at it. I didn't even look at that way, right? So... Say, for example, Manjeet, someone comes up to you and says, okay, me and my wife both have worked really hard. We've, we came here five years ago. We've got two kids now, and we've got enough money. Um, we've got 50000 or $100,000 we've saved up. would like to put down as a down payment towards our house. How would you be able to help a person like that? Absolutely. So the first thing we actually look at is their goals. So we really yeah. talk about what is your objective, right? right. Buying a house is... It's, a house is could come in so many, many uh, different forms, right? right? It could be a condo, it could be a townhouse. Yes. So we do, we ask about the family. Is there any future um, other generations that will be living with you? What does mm. that look like? So, um, and really, really getting to know their situation, 
Also, the right mortgage is really important. It's not just a mortgage, it's the right mortgage. Mm. So are you planning on um, you know, uh, upgrading in another year or so, mm. or in two years, three years? Could your job situation change? So there's a lot of different conversations we have with people. We don't want to just stick them in a product, mm. and then three years later, they're paying a penalty mm. because they hadn't thought about something, or we hadn't asked the right questions, and, and that property may or may not be perfect for them. Mm. So also, what's really important, I think that's, that's uh, really, you know, um, that's key for us, is making sure they're not overextended in debt mm. too. So is it the right time to buy? Um, you know, we can get a mortgage anywhere. We can give any client the mortgage. We want that client to really be in the right product and then really, you know, appreciate the service that we gave them. And, and it's really important to us to make sure that we really help them along the way. Mm -hmm. So um, when you go to a bank, bank also gives the same service. Um, I, I want to buy a house, they will give me a mortgage. What is the difference between me going to a bank and me coming to you or going to Nita. Yeah, so it's funny because Manjeet and I, even coming from the credit union, we knew the credit union's policies. We knew, you know, the lending policies inside and out. Now that we've become mortgage brokers, it's opened up our eyes to know that there's a, a whole world out there that we didn't know. There's so many different options for different lenders for, you know, you can go to the banks because everybody goes to a bank, but there's private lenders, there's specialized lenders, there's hundreds and hundreds on our list that now we can access. So we take that stress out from the client. So we basically mm. take everything from from them do everything from A to Z correspond with the client do what we need to then we look at the application and go okay where does this deal fit does mm. it fit at a bank does it fit at a private lender does it is this a specialty deal that we have to send to a specialty lender mm. so we don't necessarily like what Manjeet was saying is we want to make it right for our client mm. we don't want to just throw them to one institution where we think oh this it's going to work here no we look at everything and go okay where will this person be the happiest? Where will they get the best service? Where will they get the best, you know, advice? Where yeah. and 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 where will they yeah. continue that relationship with the institution? So we won't we we don't just pick and choose one or two. We look at the whole thing, talk to the client, have discussions with them, and then we decide, okay, this is where this deal is going to fit, and this is where we work with our our institutions to go. And then we take the legwork out because we're doing all the follow up, we're doing the communication, we're doing all the correspondence. We're the face of our client. So we mm. want to make sure that our client is getting the best service because even after that mortgage is done, we want to make sure that that relationship continues with the client. And is, th is that um, a repeat customer that you have already made then? Yeah, I mean, I think... I if, think that's definitely yeah. the goal. I mean, I ideally, and, and this is what we see and this is what we used to um, kind of probably I'd say we learned from the bank is that you want to be able to have referrals, right? Mm. You give the right service, they not only want to deal with you, but they want to refer their friends and family to you. And that's what we see consistently. And that's really the biggest compliment mm -hmm. that anybody can ever have. Mm -hmm. um, and I just want to add one thing to Nita's, um, the difference with the bank also is, um, I think just knowing all the different guidelines and policies out there, mm -hmm. um, it can make a big difference between the type of mortgage or the amount you're approved for in one institution based on their policy, it might be, let's say, 500,000. Mm. But knowing that there's another one with slightly different guidelines, you could probably obtain an extra 100,000, mm. which can make a big difference for people when it comes to their own money versus the mortgage um, that they can um, be eligible for. So uh, correct me if I am wrong. So in other words, it's not just simple, I have $100,000, I'm gonna put down and I wanna buy a house. 
worth $600,000. It's not just like that. No, absolutely. No. Sometimes people are putting down more than they need to. They actually yeah. need money for furniture, for other right. closing costs, like Nita mentioned mm -hmm. earlier. Yeah. So we want to make sure, you know what, put down what you absolutely have to put down and let the uh, mortgager do the rest. Okay, so, so yeah. what I want to do is, I, I'm going to give our telephone number out as well. I have other questions for you and we'll put some scenarios in front of you. Give us an example and, and tell us how you are able to help people, you know, come to you and say, okay, I, I've got this much money. I want to buy a house. I want it today. And what do you do with them? Okay. But let's take a short commercial break and come back. Yeah, perfect. Nita Cabra and Manjit Lali are in the studio today and we'll be continuing to talk to them. And if you have any questions about buying a house or mortgage or remortgaging your place or doing something else, going for a trip maybe, uh, give us a call at 604-280-1200, 604-299-8863. We'll be right back. Vice Radio and Radio Room Jim Sundari. You have a program here. And today, in the studios, we have Manjit Lali and Nita Kabra. And we are talking about money. So, money is, uh, is important. Without money, you can't do anything. Okay? So, I want to talk about everybody doesn't have the same sort of issue. Everybody doesn't want the same kind of house. Some people want a just. Um, you know, slide into the market and just take the very first house that they want to. Some people have very specialized needs. I, I want a house with uh, X, Y, and Z, and it should have X, Y, and Z, and so on and so forth. So when you look at your client, are you in a position to be able to assist each and every need? Either one of you. Yeah, I think that's the beauty of being a mortgage specialist because we have access to so many different policies and ah, guidelines and okay. products that we're able to do that. So mm -hmm. if we, you know, once we interview the client, we know what their objective is. What mm -hmm. do they want to achieve? Are they going to have extended family living with them? Are they going to have extended family moving out, looking right. for their own property? So is the house the right thing for them? So I think it's all about conversation. Um, and then also the the plan is what we call kind of the two to five year plan. Like, are they looking to just buy that property as an investment and gain some equity in there and then upgrade later? Or should they just now look for, if they qualify for a larger mortgage, make the move now, get mm. the house now. Mm. You'll have, there may possibly be rental income that we can also uh, use towards the application that'll help them out as uh, for financial reasons. So there's, there's lots of different conversations we have with the client to see where they actually sit and what would be the right product for them. Yeah, no, I, and just to add, it, I mean, no deal is ever a cookie cutter deal. No deal yeah. is ever, okay, you've got $100,000, perfect, where you want $500,000, okay, we're going to give you a $400,000 mortgage. It's, it, you know, there's a lot of, you know, kind of, we have to have those conversations with them because we never want it to be where a client comes back to us and says, you didn't tell me about this or that or the other. Mm. So we lay all our cards out on the table upfront to mm -hmm. say do you have enough for your property taxes do you have enough to live with groceries being so high with inflation being high gas prices being the way they are there now their hydro and their you know Fortis bill is going to go up because they have a bigger home so mm. what does that look like for them you know the kids are they in any activities what do those costs look like so we always want to make sure that we don't want the client to just take all their money and dump it down and and at times they they can because they say yes we're fine but we want to make sure that we've set them up for success 
us so that once we get them this home and they move into this home, then they don't start drowning in debt where then they start putting things on their credit cards because they don't have money to live off of. So it's very important for us to make sure, okay, because some people do have big dreams and high hopes and we want everybody to, to dream big. But right now at this very moment, we might say, okay, well, let's take a step back. Why don't we do this now? And then let's look at down the road how we can get you more. And same thing as Manjeet said, do they need basement suites for for to supplement income? Do they have parents that are on pension that are going to be living with them and contributing to the bills? So mm. it's all, you know, we want to make sure when we have these initial conversations or interviews with our clients that, you know, we get the full picture first and then we move forward on what we think is the best option for them. So obviously each situation is different and you, you go by with each, uh, you know, scenario. Mm-hmm. So say, for example, um, first-time home buyers. Many people don't know that if you've accumulated RRSPs, you can cash those without penalty mm-hmm. to put towards your first home. Is that is yes. that true? Yep. No, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And so we always tell our, our young kind of up-and-comers um, that have just kind of been working and saving, you know, if they've got money sitting in a savings account and nothing in RSPs, well, tell us about that. Why do you not have it in an RSP? Right. Because that's obviously set up for your retirement as well as taking it out tax-free when it comes time to purchase your home. Plus, you get the tax break, you get the tax ref. So there's so many different things that we can guide them based on our backgrounds. Like, we didn't just come from a lending background, we came from a financial planning background. So we can not only discuss that piece as well as talking about their mortgage, so we can do it hand in hand mm-hmm. because they have the 90 days as long as it's in their 90 days. Okay, what's your time frame for purchasing a home? Is it six months? Great, let's put you in an RSP to get you started. So those are the things that we talk to with our clients as well. Give me a scenario in which you've, you know, you've had uh, a client come up to you and is dead set on this is the way I want to do it and you have come up with you know different scenarios saying I think this will help you out better and and they went with your decision and were very happy about that I mean I can speak about a scenario that I've seen a lot and I'm still continuing to see a lot (laughs) Um, so this is where I think that advice piece comes in yes it actually happens a lot when people are wanting to buy older homes and eventually want to tear down and rebuild Mm -hmm. so we're seeing this a lot right now obviously bang for buck means you buy an older home on a larger lot versus paying a lot more for a smaller lot so this happens a lot up and they have already got the house and you know eventually want to tear down so what happens a lot of the time again if we didn't have the right conversation and the right advice people are going and just getting a mortgage on that property That's however right. Uh-huh. Japa, right questions watch there and we find out if, if two years maybe a year three years you know once the kids have gone to university this happens a lot i want to tear down rebuild my dream home well then you know what let's start looking at the construction mortgage now what do you need to qualify in two years uh-huh. what do you need to do and permits, all this takes time. No Start, kidding. Yeah, so we actually really, I, I mean, we've done this a lot. I know with the markets that we serve, North Delta, Newton, yeah. um, Fleetwood, Langley, this happens a lot. We see this, you know, the market is, uh, unfortunately, we're running out of space. Right. So people have no option but to look at that, right? So we see this a lot where we guide people to say, look, don't tie, don't tie yourself into a five-year now. No. You're going to have to pay a penalty yes. to get that construction mortgage if you're going somewhere else. Right. So we really guide them to say, you know what, can you, can you just make do right now? Don't change anything. Right. Keep the mortgage as is. Another year or so from now, we start looking at getting that construction financing for you. And they save a lot of money because now there's no penalties, no nothing. They wait for that to renew, and then wow. we'll sort of start that process. So we've even guided them as to timing mm-hmm. sometimes because we, we make it 
sort of work with their timing. So with the interest rates rising the way they are, right? And I think uh, in another week's time, there will be maybe half a percent or even more uh, added on. People who are on um, variable rates are probably hurting a little bit, but even if you put them in fixed rates, it's not gonna help that much. So I usually ask um, people that I interview, should they be tying up there, or should they be going for a fixed rate right now or ride the market? Uh, how do you guys, when people ask you questions like that, what do you think? Yeah, so usually it's kind of the same thing as we've been talking about before is really understanding our clients because the first question that I would always ask a client is, will you be able to sleep at night knowing that the bank rate can change on any given day? Mm -hmm. um, and if they say, yeah, no, I'll write it, I'm good. It's like mutual funds where, you know, you look at your statement if your funds are down and you look at it and go, okay, it'll come back up again and you yeah. put the statement away. Or are you one of those people that is going, oh my gosh, the Bank of Canada just announced it's going to go up again. My mortgage rate is going to go up. How is this going to happen? We don't want people stressing out and hyperventilating over mortgage rates. So that product may not be the right fit for that person. Right. And so then we ask, it's the same piece of the, okay, how long do you plan on living in this home? Because with a variable mortgage, the interest, uh, the penalty is only a three-month interest penalty. Mm. Whereas fixed rates, it's a lot higher. Mm. The penalties are a lot higher to get out of those mortgages. So those, again, the questions we ask, are you here for a year? Year, three years four years five years is this your forever home you're going to be in forever so if we put you in a five-year fixed at this rate how do you feel about that so right. all those questions need to be asked before we put them into something mm. now variable rate on average for the most part has always been lower than the fixed uh, you know for the last probably 10 years mm. but it's just that piece of peace of mind knowing that even your your rate is not going to be the same rate for five years it might go up it might go down how do you feel about that once we have that conversation with them then we know which way to go hmm. so uh, have you noticed that ever since the mortgage rates have started going up because of inflation that your business is affected by it as well both your businesses um so i think if what we've seen out there is that if you're basically an investor, yes, yes, things might have slowed down for you. Okay. So you, a lot of people are waiting and seeing and seeing whether they want to get right. tap into the market or wait to see what happens. However, if you're actually a, a homeowner buying for yourself or you're refinancing, so refinances for myself personally have been extremely busy right now. Ah. So a lot of people are still, because you know what, whether your kids go into school and you need money for education, whether you're renovating, whether you're tearing down and rebuilding, those things are going to still continue. Mm. Um, and one thing I'll, I'll stress also, even though you know rates are going up absolutely compared to where we were, historically, our rates are still very good. Yeah. And I think we forget that. When yes. we think about prior to 2003, 2002, you know, rates were up at 5 6% well, not that I, long ago. I remember... Even higher. At 19%. <laughs> yes, mm -hmm. that's know. right. Yeah, yeah. And so, I, yeah, yeah. sorry. And I think, too, um, people are used to the 2%, 2 yes. and 3%. I mean, it, that was a luck luxury for, for everyone to have that rate. Of course, it was a luxury for all of us. And so I think Manjeet's right in the sense of, yeah, it's at the 5%, but if you think about it, 5% is still pretty low yes. uh, considering, you know, if you're trying to get into the market for your first home. Right. So I think, you know, people are, and the other piece I will say is 
the news and the tabloids and things like that, I mean, sometimes they will start to scare some of these people that are reading these tabloids. So that's why it's up to us to then sit down and talk to the client and put their mind at ease knowing that, you know, they still are okay and they still can't afford this mortgage. Mm. Yeah, and I think a really important piece of advice that I tell my clients is, um, it's funny, years ago, a couple of years back, everybody was, um, you know, really up in arms because everything was being overbidded. So if you remember that in the market, just even six months ago, right? That's Every right. house was overbidded. Yes. So now what's it, what it's done is stabilized. So that's, that's not right. a bad thing. So even though the rate might be higher, yes. your value for the property you might be interested in might actually be better. That's so right. it, it's kind of like balancing both things. Yeah. I think there's always a balance in everything, whether it is, you know, your rates are um, going down or, or the or value is higher. Is high exactly. So, yeah. um, we're talking to uh, uh, Nita and Manjeet. They're both talking about money. If you have a question, we, our lines are open. Give us a call. I have millions of questions. I will continue asking them. We'll take a short commercial break and we'll be right back. Um, and the numbers are 604 Spice Radio and Radio Room Jim Sundriam Kapshap Kap program hai. Um, or Aj Hamare Studios me Manjeet Lali and Nita Kabra Aimee, Joki Dono Mortgage Specialist hai, Access Mortgage Corporation Kasat. Guys, can you give me a telephone number if people want to get hold of you and they haven't, they are not calling into the program but they would like to talk to you? Contact number day. Yes, so my number, Manjeet Lali, it's 778 322-4307. I write it with you so that if people are listening, is this how slow you should be speaking? <laughs> so 778-322-4307. And Nita, yours? Yeah, mine is 604. 604-512-1499. 604-512-1499. Yes. Okay, so um, what I wanted to ask you, uh, another question, uh, we talked about RRSPs, we talked about, you know, the right mortgage for you, we talked about interest rates going up. Do you feel that, yes, the interest rates will continue going up if the inflation doesn't come down, but the house prices will also drop? So. Remember, there used to be something called the stress test. Is that still going on? Yes. Yeah. No, so, we definitely. So we yeah. should talk about that a mm -hmm. little bit. Okay. Yeah. So basically what it is, is, you know, all financial institutions want to make sure that the clients can afford mortgage payments should rates go up. Okay. So, you know, the rate could be, let's say, 4 their their rate that they're going to sign for could be 4%, for example, but we're going to qualify them on 5.25%. And the reason why we do that is so that if there are any fluctuations in rates or their mortgage comes up for maturity and now the rate has bumped up to, you know, 5%, can this client still afford to make this payment if rates go up? Especially mm -hmm. on variable rate mortgages, it's very important because people think, oh, I've got I minus one, I'm only paying three point something percent. Mm. Great, I can afford this. Okay, but what if Prime does jump up a half a percent and now they're paying 4%? Can mm. they still afford this payment? So mm. it's a way for financial institutions to secure their place. It's also um, a way for 
us to make sure that the clients are definitely, you know, in a mortgage that they can afford so they don't have to foreclose or they don't have to, you know, lose their home. So it's kind of in both situations, not only for the financial institution, but also for the client to make sure both are set up to ensure success for sure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when when you are figuring out whether this person's um, income and supplement is supplemented by other stuff as well, other incomes or rents, etc. And this person is going to be okay as far as um, mortgage is concerned. If you have a doubt or if the, the client hasn't told you everything, in that sort of a scenario, what would you do? I think it's definitely about having the right conversation. Comes Everything comes back to that, as you can yeah. see. It's really having the right conversation and, um, you know, Having a mortgage that, if you're hiding something, I think my only concern would be that, you know, for me or Nita, we're still going to get the mortgage, but, you know, yeah. we, we wouldn't be affected by that, but you might be. Yes. So it's really, really important that we know everything. Because even though you may think you may not qualify by divulging some information, mm. there might just be a different product that we suggest. That's oh, all. See. So there's still, it doesn't mean that we wouldn't approve you or the institution. Maybe we, we look at a different product for you. And in some cases, that alternative income, there might be income they haven't thought about that we actually can use, such as child tax. Right. So, you know, I mean, there are different categories, right? Absolutely. I mean, different so yeah. categories with different institutions. Here yes. you go. First time home buyers are there. Construction, mortgages you talked about. You talked about new to Canada. How can they buy a home? Uh, young families, uh, people that are self-employed individuals. How do they sort of qualify for a mortgage? Yes. Yeah, so the biggest thing we see was, is for sure in the Surrey um, trade area, Surrey North Delta, is self-employed individuals. We have tons of clients that are, you know, tradesmen, um, you know, they are building homes or they're taxi cab drivers, truck drivers, all these things that we see. And the normal rule of thumb is usually, okay, let's claim the lowest income possible so we don't have to pay as much taxes. So then when they do that, then they bring in their, you know, tax returns and we see that they might have made 100000 but they only claim 30000 Okay, where does this fit in and how does this work? So we always want to advise our clients that that's not always the best thing either is to just claim the lowest amount of income. Because if they're trying to qualify for a beautiful home that's you know 1.5 million dollars on average how are they going to qualify that by stating that they only make thirty thousand dollars of income a year so that's the piece that we look at okay let's take a look at their business financials what's in their retained earnings so you know it's it is a it's definitely a complicated approach especially for self-employed individuals so what we always share or you know clients that have basement suites rented but they don't claim them on tax returns mm. okay well what does that look like in the big picture so we want to make sure all our clients know everything from the get-go how how and why you should claim a certain amount of income why you should claim your basement suite on your tax returns what that looks like because at the end of the day yes they're saving in taxes but then they're not going to qualify for what they really want so mm. we want to make sure that we counsel them on what that looks like yeah I, I think that makes a lot of sense to me I remember long time ago you know people would get the insurance on their business uh, property and business <coughs> And then they would have a fire or a flood, mm-hmm. and the insurance is only for ten thousand. But they've ruined a hundred thousand dollars worth of material that they had in there. But because they didn't want to pay the insurance, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just it, it just is a catch twenty two situation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, for people who are interested in exploring, how long should they be? How, how quickly should they be coming to you 
if they want to buy a house uh, maybe next year? Should they be talking to you now? Absolutely. My advice would be, I think our advice would be definitely the earlier the conversation starts, the better. Because sometimes, like Nita said, there is certain ways to, um, you know, present your information, uh, accumulate your information, start showing deposits and accounts, certain mm. things that we start need, you know, start to, we need to start doing earlier than yeah. later, uh, really help the, uh, help the application. And so, um, yeah, those kind of things, it, it, the sooner the better always, definitely. Yeah. So when you talked about, uh, and, and this should have been a question right in the beginning of the program, but you know, because I, I know you guys so well, I, I just jumped right into the, the issue. So um, different kinds of mortgages, right? I mean, obviously uh, there are private lenders as well, and the, the interest rates are different. How do you figure out how, uh, for you, do you think it is, it's better to take your client to a financial institution or would you rather take your client to a private lender? I think that definitely the private uh, lending option is not the first option we would look at, okay. um, just from their perspective mm. uh, in terms of rates and flexibility mm. and product. Um, it would always be um, a financial institution first, the right one for them. Mm. And then, uh, like Nita said, we have options available should they not fit the parameters then we do have other alternatives available, absolutely. And then we would look at those. And and, and that, you know, would still be the right solution for them, but mm -hmm. we would have explored others first. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about financial institutions, because you've been involved with financial institutions, would you be, um, would you have connections with those uh, places? Uh, or because you've worked in, uh, and this is a silly question, and because you've worked in credit unions, do you have relationship with regular banks? Yeah, I mean, I think Manjeet and I, just being in the banking industry for so long, we've built those connections along the, the years that we've worked there. I mean, obviously, we have established connections with Envision Financial, but, you know, we've had co-workers that have left Envision and gone to other financial institutions. So, you know, um, anywhere ranging from GNF to Prospera to Royal Bank to wherever. So, you know, it, it's important for us to keep those connections and those relationships with people because they became our friends during mm -hmm. our work journey. So, you know, definitely we have that. I mean, obviously, Manjeet and I both have been in the Surrey community a very long time. Our kids are involved in sports. We've built homes. So we know builders, realtors, tradesmen. So I think, you know, just along the way, we've built those connections with people. And then Vasaki and, you know, the Drishti Awards, all these things that we've attended, you just, you know, you, you, you meet make people. Friends. Yeah, yes, along the way. People. Yeah. Well, guys, you are in a, in a fantastic position to help people out, which is very good. Um, I'd like you to give your telephone numbers out again. Nita, first you. Yeah, so mine is 604-512-1400. Uh, six zero six zero I also have um, a website. If yes. people want to go into my website, it's uh, www.mortgagesbynita.ca. Yes. So if people just want to go on my website, take a look at my background, I've got my bio in there and all the products and services that I can offer. Mm -hmm. So either one, they can access, access me either way. And Manjit, yours? Yes, my phone number is 778-322-4307. Can also be contacted via email. Um, if some people prefer just shooting yeah. a quick email, right. and I can send them more information, that would be uh, manjeet at lallymortgagepro.ca. Beautiful. Wow, the hour has gone by. Finished. That Over went fast. <laughs>
Thank you so much. We'd love Thank to you. have you guys back again. And if we have any of our listeners give us questions, we will pass them on to you as well. Sounds good. Um, so thank you for coming. Thank, thank you time. for having thank us. You. Yeah, thank you. With that, we come to the end of our show. Don't forget to listen to us tomorrow. There is an amazing restaurant on uh, Victoria Drive and 49th Avenue called The Neighbors Restaurant, which is going to be relocating. And I've uh, had an opportunity to talk to Mitzi, who's the owner of the restaurant. It's a beautiful restaurant. It's a Greek Italian together. Uh, we'll talk to her tomorrow, so don't forget to uh, listen to Gupshap tomorrow. Right now, stay tuned for the Drive Home Grind with DJ Flight right here on Spice Radio and your requests with um, Nutan on Radio Rimjim.